Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I welcome you back to Weathering the Storm. We are recording episode seven today, and we are beginning a new series as our, we work our way through our study of the book of Nehemiah. Of course, we're weathering the storm with Nehemiah this season, and we've noticed in our previous six episodes the various problems that Nehemiah faced, but how he was able to weather the storm by going to God in prayer and by showing great leadership qualities. And so excited about this new series that we're starting today. It's going to be a five-part series as we think about Satan's devices. I believe I mentioned a few episodes ago about some of the material I came across with Brother Garland Elkins. Uh, Brother Elkins wrote uh, a great lecture on the book of Nehemiah, giving an overview. And he had this, this section where he talked about Satan's devices. And he quoted from 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, when Paul says that we should not allow Satan to take advantage of us because we are not ignorant of his devices. And the idea of a device is anything that Satan can use against those who are striving to live for God. You know, you think about how Satan used the lie there in the garden, or he tried to use uh, what John would say, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. So as we think about Satan's devices, we're going to look at five specific devices that Satan used as Nehemiah was trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah and the others were doing a good work and Satan opposes every good work. Satan opposes everything that is good and everything that glorifies God. He's totally against it. And so what we see with Samballot and Tobiah and others is really using those devices of Satan to try to bring the good people down. And that's what we find in our world today and in our society for sure. So hopefully this study will be uh, beneficial for us as we learn these lessons from Nehemiah, but also as we can make application to our lives today. If you haven't already, we invite you to subscribe to the master feed of Scattered Abroad Network. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram and YouTube. You can find our website, scatteredabroad.org, and email us at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. We appreciate all of you listening and uh, tuning in each week and each day to the different content that we're putting out. And it is a great blessing for me, great honor uh, to be on the Scattered Abroad Network. I appreciate so much the opportunity. And again, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this podcast in particular is helping you. So again, we begin this series on Satan's devices. The first device that we want to study in this series is the device of opposition. We have already noticed as we've worked through this text, Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 10, Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 1, Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 2, how Samballot, it seems like he's the ringleader here, uh, Tobiah, Gerson, and others are trying to oppose the work that Nehemiah and the others are doing. In fact, the Bible says that they became furious. And they were so angry that they're trying everything they can to bring the people down. They don't want them to rebuild the wall. So they're trying to tell them, hey, you can't do it. Hey, your hands are weak. You're going to get weak. There's too much to do. You just cannot do it. 
And so there's opposition that Nehemiah and the others are facing on a daily basis. And I could imagine how old this would get uh, and how really discouraging it would be to be doing this work and knowing it's hard work and having somebody right behind you just telling you to quit over and over and over again. Well, again, what Samballot and the others are doing is they're imploring and, and using this device of Satan known as opposition. So with this episode, as we begin this small series on Satan's devices, I want to spend a few minutes thinking about who Satan is and what he's all about. The name Satan is found some 36 times in Scripture, and the name devil is found 33 times. We have this from the Greek word diabolos, which can mean devil, Satan, accuser, adversary, and slanderer. Well, that's what he is. Uh, He does not want us to be successful. Uh, Husbands, he wants your wives. Wives, he wants your husband. Uh, Parents, he wants your children. And through Satan's influence today, he's being very successful in reaching a lot of people. Uh, he's, he's good at what he does. He's been doing it a very long time. He employs the lie. And, of course, he employs all kinds of devices, makes everything look good, taste good, feel good, so people will give in to him. And the more people he can get on his side, that's his goal. And again, he opposes everything that is good and everything that is right and everything that is holy. And so since he opposes all those things, we must oppose him. He is called the adversary. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, Peter said, Be sober, be vigilant, your adversary, the devil. He walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is called the accuser, the accuser of the brethren. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10, he wants to accuse you and make you feel like, hey, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. You're not right. You're not accepted. That's what he wants to accuse you and bring up everything that's negative. Jesus said that Satan is the father of lies. He is a murderer and has been from the beginning. John 8 and verse 44. He also calls him in that same chapter, Satan is the ruler of this world. John 12, 31. Paul says that Satan is the god of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that he transforms himself as an angel of light. Then Paul said he was the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. And of course, Satan is called the tempter, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 3. So that's some background information and, and uh, just, to, just to remind us of who Satan is. He is our enemy. He he is the one who opposes everything that is good and right, and thus he uses the device of opposition. Nehemiah and the others had to face this over and over and over again. As Satan was, his influence was very powerful. His influence was seen through the enemies of God's people as they're striving to do what is right. Thinking about how this word opposition is used in Scripture, I found a few passages uh, that kind of help us think about the the idea, the heartbeat, the pulse of opposition. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 45, it says, When the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and contradicting and blaspheming, 
they opposed the things spoken by Paul. So I want you to notice what happened. When Paul was speaking, of course, he's inspired of God, so everything he says is absolute truth, John 16, 13. But he is speaking the things that are true and right and good because Paul was preaching the gospel. He's going everywhere preaching Christ and him crucified. He's going and preaching God's power unto salvation. You know, he's speaking of righteous and temperance and judgment to come as he went before kings and rulers. And so here's Paul, who is speaking things that are right, but the Jews were filled with envy. That's what Satan does. They're envious of what Paul is doing, this message that was being preached. And what did they do? They opposed preaching of the gospel, contradicting and blaspheming. They oppose the things spoken by Paul. So really what Nehemiah is doing, he says, hey, this is a work of God. We're rebuilding the wall. God is on our side. And so Satan's device of opposition is to contradict and blaspheme and oppose this good work. Another example of this word, opposition, it's found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4. Here we think about the man of sin, the one who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And so here he puts on this facade as if he is righteous and holy, but he opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. There are different views on the man of sin. There's different ideas, but I believe this really fits with the Pope of Rome and the Roman papacy in general. Look at the language. He opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. He sits as God in the temple of God. Think about the, the Pope sitting as the vicar of Christ. As when I'm sitting on the throne, you know, I'm infallible. That, that's such blasphemy. And so he opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, showing himself that he is God, when he's not deity at all, he's just a man. But notice this idea of opposition. It's totally opposing the authority of God. It's totally opposing and contradicting what God has revealed in his word when one tries to exalt himself above what is good and holy. You know, and that's exactly what Sam Ballot and Gershom and and Tobiah are trying to do, hey, y'all don't need to be doing this wall. This is, this is a project that's pointless. It's the idea that they're exalting themselves, saying, hey, this is a, a lowly, menial task. You don't need to be doing that. We're so much better than you as we're over here. Satan uses then the device of opposition. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 25, Paul encourages Timothy, he says, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth. So here's the point. They opposed the truth. And Paul didn't tell Timothy, hey, Timothy, listen, they oppose you, so have nothing to do with them. No, he said, in humility, correct them. Correct them. Let them know that they're wrong. Let them know that they're opposing what is good, and hopefully they'll take advantage of the opportunity to repent and know the truth. I believe Nehemiah sets a great example of leadership and really gives us a good, a good picture of what a Christian ought to be doing today. 
we as Christians must oppose evil. We are to abstain from every appearance of evil, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Have have nothing to do with evil and, and the darkness. Because as God's people, we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of his dear son, Colossians 1.13. You know, we were not a people, now we're the people of God. Uh, we are been brought into his marvelous light, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. We are to walk in the light as God is in the light. Uh, 1 John 1, 7 through 9, we are to oppose and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, according to the book of Ephesians. And so when you think about the, the idea of opposition, Satan always opposes God. He opposes the preaching of the gospel. He opposes any kind of good work that happens today. And so we don't need to be ignorant of his devices, as Paul said there in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. What we ought to be impressed with is Nehemiah was not uh, ignorant of these devices. He knew exactly what was happening. He, he knew that, that Samballat and others were, were trying to attack him. He, he knew that, that they were opposing him, and he wanted the people to understand. They're not for us. <laughs> they are absolutely against us. And so let's let's think about this in Nehemiah chapter six. If you have your Bible and you'd like to open there with me, here's a conspiracy. Here's this device of, of opposition, you know, opposing the good work that's going on. Nehemiah chapter six, beginning in verse one, says it happened when Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall, and that there were no breaks left in it, though at the time I had not hung the doors and the gates. That Sambalat and Gisham sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But I want you to notice this final phrase in verse 2. But they thought to do me harm. That shows great wisdom and leadership on Nehemiah's part, doesn't it? They act as if they want us to meet. He said, But they're wanting to do us harm. So Nehemiah sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work. And I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? And so they sent me a message four times, and I answered them in the same manner. And then Samballat sent his servant to me, as before, the fifth time with an open letter. And in a, in a, uh, a future episode, we're going to look at this letter and think about what is being said. But in verse 9, Nehemiah says, They were all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and will not be done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. In verse 14 of Nehemiah chapter 6, Nehemiah said, My God, remember Tobiah and Sembala according to their works, and the prophetess Nodiah and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. That's one of the tools and tactics and devices of Satan. It's through opposition to make you afraid, through opposition to make you say, you know, maybe this isn't worth it. Maybe all this work and all this time that I'm investing in doing the work of the Lord, maybe it's not worth it. And so he wants to oppose all the good that's going on. Because anytime the cause of Christ is increasing, the cause of Satan is decreasing. So there is a battle. There is a war. And you're either fighting on the side of the Lamb or you're fighting on the side of Satan. And so as we think about this series and we work through it, let's remember Satan's devices. 
the device of opposition is the first one that we notice employed here in the book of Nehemiah. And no doubt Satan opposes us today. But we must not give in to that device. We must not be ignorant of that device. But stand up strong and oppose him. And so let's close out this episode by reminding us of the words of James chapter 4. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. I thank you so much for listening today as we again begin this series on Satan's devices. Next week, Lord willing, we're going to look at part two as we think about the device of ridicule. We're going to go back to Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and I want to share some thoughts with you on Satan's device of ridicule. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope and pray that this will help you to be more aware of Satan's devices. And remember that as he opposes us, let's make sure we oppose him and do what God would have us to do. Thank you so much. May God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.